love this podcast? Head to patreon.com slash DATC Media Company to find out how you can show your support. A member of the DATC Media Family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I'm your host, Sarah J. I hope that you were able to check out the last fresh episode last week that featured my chat with Lotus drummer Mike Greenfield. That was such a blast and came together so quickly, which is also very awesome. And Mike is such an awesome and nice guy. And he took the time to chat on his layover legit fresh off of tour. He wasn't even home yet. (laughs) And he took the time in the airport to chat with me. And we covered a lot in the 30-ish minutes that we talked, we covered a lot, and there's a lot more that I want to ask him about and get into more, and he actually reached out to me, too, and was like, hey, I got this idea, so he wants to come back on the show, which is really, really exciting. Um, I got a lot of really great feedback from that too. So it was just really awesome all around. A lot of really great energy from him. It's just vibing so much after this, you know, four night run and spending time with the guys and doing this whole thing. And yeah, it was just a really, really great time. And I'm so grateful to Mike for taking the time on his layover. I mean, it was a great way to pass the time, I'm sure. And, uh, Yeah, so I'm excited to talk some more and dive into music further with him. So if you haven't given that a listen, highly suggest you do. Um, Just a great conversation. And I'm excited to talk to the other drummers that have played with the guys over these past um, 17, 18-ish shows I have a conversation with Scotty Zwang on my calendar in the next couple weeks here, um, so I'm excited to talk to him as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really cool to hear everybody's perspective and insight into you know what it was like sitting in with Umphreys and taking on all these songs and everything else. So yeah. This week on the show, in part two, we're going to continue along with our look back at Summer Tour, picking up the discussion with the July 1st show at Resonance Music and Arts Festival in Garrettsville, Ohio, July 2nd at Frederick Meyer Garden and Sculpture Park in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and July 13th at 4848 Festival in Snowshoe, West 
Virginia. Part one of the look back on summer tour dropped September 7th, and that started with Bonnaroo on June 18th, the Town Ballroom in Buffalo, New York on June 29th, and Peach Festival in Scranton, Pennsylvania on June 30th. Before we get into some music this week, some news for you guys, this month's archival release February 23rd, 2019, the Fillmore in Detroit, Michigan. That is the video archival release. I didn't see another one uploaded on there. They do a video and audio every month. Um, So check the Nugs app if you're a subscriber. Um, Check and see. But for sure that February 23rd, 2019 show from the Fillmore in Detroit, Michigan, the video of that is now available to watch. Fillmore is such a beautiful venue. I'm so glad I've been there a couple times and won't miss it now. Definitely on my always hit it up list. A fresh episode of the Much Obliged podcast dropped yesterday, Monday, September 25th, if you're listening to this, when it airs. Episode 118 features Dan M., who just celebrated 19 years of continuous recovery. Shout out to Dan on that. Hell yeah. Dan shares his impactful story of struggle and overcoming adversity while building a beautiful life and beautiful family. Dan is a dedicated service position holder for many Yellow Balloon groups, including Camp Traction, where he hosts the Summer Camp Music Festival Sober Camping. You can check that episode out anywhere you podcast, and those episodes are very powerful, impactful, and inspiring. I just absolutely love that the show is a part of the DATC media family. I know I say that every time I talk about this show, but it's so true, Um, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to bring to the masses, and yeah, it's been wonderful to work with Benji and Matt and Lauren and yeah, so check that out if you haven't. The Much Obliged Podcast, A Yellow Balloon Experience. Of course, anywhere you podcast. And there's a bunch of links in the show notes where you can follow them on all of the social media outlets as well. And if you're not joining me yet on Saturdays over on YouTube, you should do that. I would love for you to join me. We have so much fun over there, 1 p.m. Eastern wrapped around. I update you on the recent news with the band, DATC Media, and so much more. Some weeks, there's a lot going on (laughs) with the band. Sometimes there's a bunch of announcements, and there's tour, and there's a bunch of episodes that are coming from me. And so it's just a nice place to kind of get all the news in a really easy to digest format. Sometimes you miss stuff on social media, even though we follow things and it's our favorite thing. The algorithms sometimes still doesn't let us see it. So I like this. It's a nice way to get all of the news in one place. And the folks at TuneIn Live, we chat back and forth, we comment and have really great conversation and a fun time and I really love it so much. So come and hang out with me on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. You can just search DATC Media, you'll find it. 
Um, and there's past episodes of Wrapped Around on there as well, and a bunch of other contents. Last football season, Rob Turner, Carl Engelman, Will Engelman, and Ryan Stasek did weekly football picks, and those are all up there as well. Um, so check that out. Um, yeah, been a lot of fun to kind of explore YouTube a little more. So join me on Saturdays for Wrapped Around. Also, pre-order for the summer-fall issue of Crooked Conversations. Now open 44 full-color pages stuffed with all sorts of content Summer camp, triple wide weekend in Colorado, so many pictures from all those shows, much obliged member submission. There's a bunch of much obliged pages now because there's photos from when they were tabling at summer camp. There's a page for their podcast, um, all of the summer tour set lists. So from summer camp all the way up to healing that just you know, kind of ended the summer. So all of those set lists are in there. There's a word search. There's just, there's so much. The Umfreak Spotlight with Jeff, who is the silver ticket winner this year. There is so much content in there. So if you are interested in snagging your pre-order, datcmediacompany.com, click on the store tab and you'll find it on there. Or if you're wanting a subscription, head to patreon.com slash DATC Media Company and you can check out all the different tier options and how you can snag your copy of Crooked Conversations as well as a bunch of other really fun member-only perks. So yeah, check that out. Crooked Conversations at datcmediacompany.com. Some show announcements coming for the month of October while the band is off. October 6th, Joel and guests in Venice, California. Sunset sessions at the Penmar, an eclectic evening of music to make you sing and dance, including some Umphreys originals and covers you know and love. An all-ages show. Tickets are now available Everything that you need for all of these shows that I'm going to talk about in the show notes. October 7th, Brendan Bayless will be playing a show at the Livery. You guys, if you watch on YouTube, you know I always get that wrong. But that is in Benton Harbor, Michigan. He's played there a few times. And like I keep saying, I've heard some really great things about that uh, spot. I know. I'll... Check that place out. Eventually, I know it'll happen. Um, October 27th, Joel and Bayless in South Bend in support of the Music Village in South Bend. Tickets are also on sale for that now and still available. And ticket holders will get to help craft an interactive set list. The last I saw, Joel had posted a video on social about the first round was choice of cover. So that's kind of a cool perk. If you purchase a ticket for that, you get to help with the set list. And also that weekend in South Bend, October 28th, Willie Waldman Project featuring Jake Sinegar 
and very special guests, a very awesome lineup of really talented musicians. I'm so excited about who we have lined up and who we're hoping to get to play some music. It's going to be an awesome night of improv at Midway Tavern in Mishawaka, Indiana. And as I said on my YouTube show, if you're not familiar, Mishawaka is the tri-state area of South Bend. It's South Bend, Niles, and Mishawaka, and so it's it's essentially South Bend. Um, but yeah, the day after the Bayless and Joel show, tickets are now available. It's a small venue of 250 so getting those ahead of time is not a bad idea. As I said, the links are in the show notes. I am helping put this show together. So if you need anything with tickets or whatever, feel free to reach out to me. I can help get you all of the information. I also did a promo poster for the event. If you are local in the South Bend area and you're listening to this and you would like to street team five to ten posters, please let me know. I can send those off to you. I will be having Jake sign a bunch of those as well, and those will be available at the merch table that night. I'm going to be putting together a really fun merch table for him. Um, I'm excited for everybody to see what I'm putting together, but there'll be some of those available. And then I am going to have a couple put to the side that he signs, but make those available for online sales because I have a feeling that some people will still want them, but couldn't get to the show for whatever reason. And so, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, But it's going to be a really, really awesome night. I'm so, so very excited. Um, So get your tickets and uh, come and see me put together a show. And uh, oh, yeah, Jake's going to play some sick ass improv music with some very awesome musicians. So you should probably come check that out. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) it's going to be a good time. So definitely come and join me. Halloween weekend in South Bend. It's, yeah, I'm geeking out over it. I'm so excited. And also, side note, if you did not see that Floyd Rose video that I posted earlier last week, that was filmed at the Stone Pony Show back in August. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you saw some of my posts with that guitar. So this is the project that Jake and I were working on with Floyd Rose, you know, when I was posting about that guitar. So awesome. So well done. And I want to shout out James and Rob, the two guys that came out to the show from Floyd Rose. James worked on doing the editing after and Rob did all the photography and the cinematography and just absolutely killed it. Such awesome guys to hang out with at the show. And James's girlfriend wound up coming, you know, later on. And she was really awesome, and it was just so much fun, such a great time. So if you haven't checked that out, I will link the video in the show notes. Like I said, beautifully done. And now you can get the Jake Blade on the Floyd Rose website, which is a very exciting thing for Rough Gage and also for Jake. So very, very exciting. Um, So yeah, check that out. If you haven't, it's just pretty sick. All right, so let's start chatting about some music. 
First up, July 1st at Resonance Music and Arts Festival at Nelson Ledges Quarry in Garrettsville, Ohio. They've played here only one other time back in 2007 on July 7th. That's a date for you. 7707. That's, yeah, all right. One set for Grateful Fest. I've heard that this place is really cool. A ton of bands do festivals there and play there. I think Summer Dance for Lotus used to, maybe still is there. I don't know for sure, but there's been a lot of different bands that have done things over the years at this place. I've never uh, had a chance to check it out, but I heard it's really, really cool. And if you listen to part one of my summer tour recap, you may recall my little rant, (laughs) TED Talk, if you will. TED Talk sounds better. Less aggressive, I feel, about festy sets. This just proved the point I made. I'm not going to go on and on about it again. Go back and listen if you're interested. But anyway, this definitely proves the point I made there. And the show at the end of this episode that we're going to talk about also proves the point I made about Festi sets. Anyway, this one setter at Resonance would get warmed up with the floor, followed by Glory, settling in nicely with the first tune to find a seat on my highlights list and also the longest timestamp of the night. I don't know what I want. There is an updated link in the show notes for where you can check out that as well as my 2023 Hall of Fame contenders list. I think that's up to eight songs now. Wasting zero time shaking off I don't know what I want proper and venturing off full of purpose, bursting through the clouds, coming to a more even level about three minutes, continuing to dance, very police-esque as it begins to set its sights on coming home, slightly before six minutes, and about the 10-ish minute mark, If you listen to the commotion on the recording, which is kind of crazy, this guy apparently came out and jumps on the stage and you can hear him screaming and shit on the recording, which is scary, I'm sure, for the band, no doubt. Like this guy is just coming at you and who knows what destructive path he was on, you know, leading up to his quote-unquote great idea to get up there on the stage and the crew handled it like champs of course but it was so weird how you can hear it like you can almost if you're listening to it really closely I thought you could almost hear him like when he got up on the stage like address the guys And then you can hear just all the commotion, which is just kind of crazy that it was all just left in there like that. But, yeah, I I was getting texts. I had friends that were there. They're like, oh, my God, this guy. And it was like all this stuff. I'm like, what the fuck is – what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, I'm in my house, and all of a sudden my phone's, like, blowing up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's like, what in the world? 
love that the audience was just chanting, fuck that guy, because seriously, they had one set at a festival, so it's not like they had their own show and maybe they could have played a little bit with time because this guy screwed it up. You know, you're at a festival and you get one set. The other band that comes after you, whether it's, you know, that stage or whatever, they're going on at the time they're supposed to be going on, you know? So I can see, of course, the crowd's going to be pissed. But for that aspect, too, you're like, we don't get that much time. So what the fuck? But it was just absolutely incredible that all of this commotion goes down. Who knows what the hell this guy did to the equipment and, like, what the crew had to do and what they just were like, we're, this is going to work for now and we'll figure it out later. I'm sure that happened in some aspect, you know. So it's just a whole lot of commotion and chaos. But they picked up and just went right on with the show, like – This whole fucking deal is going down. This guy is obviously not having a good time with whatever he took. And his evening was not going how he planned, I'm sure. I highly doubt that this guy took whatever he took at the festival. And his plan for the Umphrey set was to be like, you know what, guys? I'm going to go up there and fucking, you know? Like, that was not... His plan for that to be how the night went, I'm sure. So, shit happens. They picked it up and continued the set. And they ripped out a huge pure saturation as a nice fuck you. And you will find that pure saturation on my highlights list. The pieces of the next tune beginning to show itself slightly before 10 and a half with sights on the exit, undressing and revealing whoppy chef's kiss. I am loving the segues from tune to tune specifically lately. I know I've said that recently on the show here. I don't know when specifically, but yeah, they've just been really transitioning very nicely into the next song that they are wanting to play. And it's just like, yes, like they're just in the moment when they do it so very nicely like that. I'm just like shaking my head like, yes, so good, guys. So good. That Wappy would also find a spot on my highlights list. The silent type next, and I have said it once, and I will say it again, and all the time, (laughs) the silent type is a hell of a jam vehicle, and something very familiar about what Jake plays, just for a little bit, about six and a half, like, I know, I know what it is, and I feel it's like, from one of the new Ross Stu songs. But I can't place it. I got to listen to it more and more. And then I'm going to figure it out. But then it just floats away. Working itself all up. And finding its way nicely back into the silent type. And even Bayless said. You got to love it when. Even security is dancing. And you cannot shake your ass to the silent type. Love it or hate it. You can't not get down to it. That's a fact. I'm sorry. Like, you just can't. 
I would love to do an experiment and have somebody who doesn't like the silent type stand in the audience and listen to a rip-in 10-minute version of silent type and not even tap your toes. Like, you wouldn't be able to do it. You wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> There's just no way. I'm like, damn it, this is good. <laughs> I mean, it's happened many, many times with me in Domino Theory. It would start, and I'm like, meh. By the end, just like, damn it, guys. Anyway, <laughs> you'll find that on my highlights list. A love song next is Bayless always affectionately calls Wizard Burial Ground, followed by The Other Side of the Coin with Haji. A debut cover-up next, About Damn Time by Lizzo, with the incredible Kanika Moore on vocals. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everything about that was fun. My kids have been loving that. Which is great when I can be like, oh, guys, guess what Umphreys did? And you know what? I don't love Lizzo musically. Like, she's not my genre of music that I love. But I respect the fuck out of her on so many levels. And this was just a lot of fun. And Kanika was so great on it. And just her just her vibe is so great. And just musically and everything about it was just a lot of fun. That can originally be found on Lizzo's 2022 special album. And a standalone bridge list would close out the one setter at Resonance. I've mentioned a couple times in previous episodes about Joel and Jake sit-in with Goose at Resonance. I also chatted with Hannah and Leslie, the hosts of the Goose Chicks podcast, And we talked all about that and more, so check that out if you haven't. Episode 234 of my show. And also there's video of that sit-in of Joel and Jake with Goose, and you'll find a link for that in the show notes. Next this week, July 2nd at Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This would be the sixth time that they have played at this venue. They've played there the last three years. Sold out the past two, I know for sure, this year and last year. Not surprised. It's a throwdown because it's Michigan. The venue also has season ticket holders, and so a lot of those people buy the tickets because it's just a nice night at the garden. The crew is just deep of people. There's band members' families that come out and stuff, and so it's just a really awesome night. The venue is gorgeous. It's a botanical garden. You can go to the gardens before the show. Um, it's just a really awesome place. If you haven't seen them there, I recommend you go at least once. Um, put it on your ump goals list for sure. But it's it's a great time and there's so many people that come. So it's like a huge family reunion. More so than a usual ump free show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went last year and I'm so glad I made the last minute choice to go this year. I was like back and forth about it because this was just right after I moved. Um, But I made the choice at the last minute to go and I'm so glad I did. It was my first road trip in the new car. It was a great night. Good choice. Very fitting for the car's first road trip to go to Michigan. So 
Getting things started nicely with Day Nurse, followed by Alex's House. We did see that one other time in 2023, January 14th at the Fillmore in Philadelphia. Oh, I just love the hell out of that song. It's so crazy, just the feels of that song when you hear it. And maybe it's because we don't hear it so often. Maybe that's part of it. Cemetery Walk and Miss Tinkles next. The latter would be the first tune from the night you'll find on my highlights list. Upward next. The fact that I've gotten two of those this year and recently not only makes me very, very happy, but it's not lost on me on how fitting that is as well. To get not one, but two during this current moment in my life. That song will just never not make me cry. (laughs) In the Kitchen next, this would also find a spot on my highlights list. Starting out just oozing with metallic-y, grimy goodness when it abandoned the roots of Kitchen and Full of Attitude ventures off. Taking a moment to take a look around as it reaches new heights, as it begins to climb. This would hold on to that futuristic metallic vibe throughout its entire journey, only shaking it off and abandoning it briefly when it rounded the corner and revealed a little more lighthearted vibe with Joel swooping in after six minutes. A nice little dabble in what sounded like a cocaine tease slightly after eight minutes. Then Stasek seemed to pick it up, kind of look at it and be like, okay, I'll hold on to this and toss it around a little bit. Unleashing all sorts of energy and then just dropping right back into that metallic jam. No big deal. (laughs) About nine minutes. Oh, that was so nice. The way they just dropped back into that. I was like, all right. Tickling a little syncopated stranger's tease, but not taking it anywhere, but toward the conclusion of In the Kitchen. Stomping right into the first set ending, Jajunk. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, I have made it abundantly clear how I feel about this song. As I've said, I probably could do a whole podcast series on <laughs> my love for Jajunk. This version you will, of course, also find on my highlights list. That now... I believe has 212 songs on it so far. And I haven't gotten through all of these recent shows in the summer. Like I haven't really listened to all the Miss shows. There's definitely some shows that I haven't, you know, maybe I just like had them on, but didn't, wasn't paying attention enough to put something onto a highlights list. So there's going to definitely be a lot more that, uh, Finds its way over there, I am sure. On to set two, big five song set. And some of you know how I feel about that. (laughs) Opening things up with a big plunger, stomping off matter-of-factly right out of plunger proper after eight minutes, completely letting go of its tight grip and floating off into space. Few seconds later, Delicately revealing more layers, opening up into this bliss-filled, soaring, uplifting jam. Filling me with all the feels that remind me why I (laughs) umfreeze. 
solid jam through and through, but also a very solid way to start the second set on my highlights list. And even though this would have the longest timestamp of the evening, this whole second set was stuffed to the brim with yams. Love the yams. It Doesn't Matter Next also found a spot on my highlights list. As I mentioned, there's a link in the show notes where you can check that out. Chris, the ringleader of kicking things up a notch and salsaing right into the turbo version, allowing some time to embrace this part of itself before revealing its other side, slowing down and making things real sexy slightly before eight minutes, continuing to dance, beginning to dissipate slightly before 12 minutes, almost making it down to earth before it gently whisked off among the stars. That one traveled well along its adventure. Give it a spin. Honestly, listen to this whole show, but for sure, this second set is worth your time. Staircase, another one on my highlights list. And I know I keep saying this every time that they play Staircase, recently but come on (laughs) how far has this song come already again this version here ridiculous and just solidifies anything that I've already said about this tune and really I mean my sense of time has just been so screwed up lately with how quickly things have been happening in my life but I mean just staircase has not been around that long (laughs) um so it's just been so awesome to see that mature so quickly. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but the band did release the version from Red Rocks on their YouTube. So I will throw a link in the show notes for that. But yeah, Staircase, that one escalated quickly and I'm so here for it. Back to this version here from Grand Rapids. Felt like a search for tease like 5 minutes, 40 seconds. I want it so bad. (laughs) I want it so badly. But then it just floated away. So, hopefully I get one. I've only gotten one in 125 shows. February 9th, 2012 at the Town Ballroom. (sighs) I want it so bad. The last time the band played it, Umbol, October 9th, 2021. So, and they recently posted about the 12th birthday of Death by Stereo. So maybe they'll dust that off soon. Time will tell, please, guys. Rounding out this second set with 40s theme. That gets really sexy in the depths of its jam. And also, it cracks me up every time I've listened to it. Listen and... You'll instantly know why, because you'll laugh too. And Cemetery Walk 2, that expanded pretty far out, reaching new corners of the galaxy. That one also adventured very, very nicely. Threw it on my highlights list. And Encore, one tune, but a mighty fine helping of a standalone puppet string. And finally this week, 
July 13th at 4848 Festival in Snowshoe, West Virginia. This is the second time that the band has played at this festival. The first time back in 2019, also on July 13th. So exactly four years to the day. Billy Strings, Paul Hoffman, and Anders Beck would sit in on an absolutely epic nothing too fancy and this was actually my first live experience of billy back in 2019 not too fucking shabby that's for sure i will link the video from that nothing too fancy as well as the podcast episode i did which just seems like eons ago Like, I don't even want to go back and listen to that because I can't even imagine what I say because I'm thinking about (laughs) where my life was at that time. Maybe I will listen to it because it might be really comical and crazy to listen to. But anyway, I will link that in the show notes if you're interested in listening to that. And actually, I met Billy very briefly Right after that sit-in here in Buffalo, he was playing a local day festival. It's a couple days, but it's only during the day. Like, you know, you go home at night and you come back. And so he was playing here in August of 2019 in Buffalo. And I went and I ran into him really, really briefly. And I brought that sit-in up. I was like, you know, I'm I'm Freeze fan. The first time I saw you play was at 4848 Festival, blah, blah, whatever. Looks at me and he smiles And he shakes his head and he goes, yeah, nothing too fancy, man. (laughs) That was it. That was all he said. And I'm just standing there like, yeah, totally. (laughs) So listen to that nothing too fancy if you haven't. Like, it was so sick. Um, Yeah, and who would have known that that's just like the first experience I had with Billy. Like, it was awesome. Um, so yeah, this show also at 4848 this year was the last show with Chris prior to the announcement that he was going to be off for surgery and we'd be getting the opportunity to experience other drummers over the next 17 or so shows. A lot from this two set festival appearance found its way to my highlights list six I think I counted, and that's a lot. This would also be the first hiccup that needs mentioning that I alluded to in part one's episode, if you listen to that. This would begin the summer of hiccup. And boy, even very recently during the Mish Run in Colorado, hiccup is just dominating in the jam department. Showing up like I never would have predicted. Honestly, like, you know, the first time listening to that song, the studio version of that song, if someone would have been like, oh, yeah, next summer, that song is going to mature to the point where they're going to rip a sick 20-minute version of that. I mean, I don't think I would totally doubt it because this is Umphreys. And so I'd be like, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, because I know what they're capable of and the fact that they continuously blow my mind musically. But at the same time, I'd be like, 
yeah, that that song though. Are you sure? Like, I feel like there's some other ones that, and there is obviously. There's definitely other songs in the album that have. But I'd be like, really, Hiccup? Yeah, okay. But here we are. Definitely want to dig deeper into how that song has evolved in a short time. Also, I again want to quick mention, like I said at the top of the show about the Festy sets. Go back to part one if you want to hear me go on and on about it. But like I said at the top of the show, this again confirms what I have said about that. Do not discount this festival two-setter. Recommended listening. And like I said, a lot from this evening found its way onto my highlights list. Starting out strong right away with Slacker to open set one. Heading out slightly after three minutes, stretching and getting a feel for the evening, settling in rather quickly, getting so comfortable that we take the top down during our preliminary drive around the neighborhood. Slacker is great in the encore spot for sure, but sometimes like here, Slacker hits nicely as an appetizer. And I'm sorry, but Bayless totally was channeling his inner Dave Matthews fumbling over those horns. I'm not hating at all because I'm sure some of you know I fucking love Dave Matthews. Um, But just when I was listening, that was the first thing I thought of. It's like, oh my God, (laughs) channeling his inner Dave. Miami Virtue next. This would adventure off nicely after five minutes. This reached some very nice heights during the depths of its jam, beginning its descent closer to earth about eight minutes, showing its vulnerable side about a minute later. This would begin to get a little dirtier and a little like, oh boy, kind of losing like my head here, you know, as it picked up momentum, making its way out the door disrobing and very nicely revealing Women Wine and Song next. Day Nurse would follow the first tune from the evening to find a seat on my highlights list, ripping open and revealing a completely different time and dimension, landing both feet nicely but very rapidly dancing off almost the second its feet hit the ground, beginning to lift off and centrally gaining some nice elevation, soaring among the pure saturation clouds, getting a nice, oh, hey, tease of that, putting the foot to the gas pedal and driving full steam ahead. Big day nurse. And as I said at the start of this show, recommended listening, but for sure, give the day nurse a listen. Hiccup next. I went on a little rant about this a few minutes ago. Heading out after three minutes, absolutely beautifully opening up and revealing the rawest parts of itself. Timestamp coming in at just about eight minutes. But as I said in part one of the Look Back at Summer Tour, as I just said, and I will continue to say as we keep looking at the shows from the summer, this has been the summer of Hiccup, and this song has gone on quite an interesting, awesome, beautiful journey in such a short amount of time. It's been very cool to listen to it mature. 
It's been very cool to witness the band get comfortable with it. And I'm excited for what is to continue to come for that song. And did I say this before? Maybe I said this about Hiccup. Maybe I said it about Staircase. But either one of those songs, I could totally see being either, you know, what we go into New Year's or come out of. Those have been such monster songs this year that I think that we're going to see either one of those in that very important position of the weekend in terms of set list placement. And if that's the case, like, that would be very, very, very cool. Um But yeah, just I could go on and on and on about Hiccup, and I already have. Um, But I definitely want to get more and more into what we've already seen from that song for sure. And it's going to be really interesting to see as like raw stew goes on and and things like that what is going to come out of all of this improv and jamming from something like Hiccup or Staircase. It's very, very exciting for what's to come for sure. And I'm sure. No surprise. In this version, I put it on my highlights list. Love everything about the sinister and disjointed way it found itself in the next tune, Soul Food 1. That you'll also find on my highlights list. A jam of Breathe by Pink Floyd beginning to take shape after six minutes. Being intentional about coming together, teasing and continuing on. Joel would hold on to that underneath for a little bit. Bursting through the clouds, finally coming to light just under three minutes later, slightly before nine minutes, floating out the door, transforming to reveal the first set ending, Rocktopus. Starting out the second set with the fatty resolution that also found a spot on my highlights list, shaking off its roots and wandering out on its own very early on after two minutes, taking some time to establish some nice groundwork for the jam ahead, full of intention and authority, continuing on, letting go and allowing to take up as much space as desired, briefly pulling it back into the driveway, Heading back out about nine-ish minutes, enjoying a nice unchaperoned, multi-personality jaunt around the neighborhood, very nicely and very confidently walking into the fuzz next. That resolution is recommended listening. Sweetly fitting the pieces of glory together next after the ending of the aforementioned fuzz fell away. Small strides after that. Another one that I've gone on and on about countless times. This version just producing more evidence to support everything that I've said previously. You'll also find this on my highlights list if you're wanting to give it a spin. The tune that would follow Pay the Snucka also found a spot on my highlights list, which I don't think that that has ever been the case with that tune for me, honestly. So take that for a spin. I think it's worth your time. And the ending of this with Jake and Chris really, really made me miss Chris even more. And like I already was missing him. I mean, obviously. But it was really interesting 
that I was working on these shows, like I was finishing up these shows from the beginning of the summer that he was still there for while I was simultaneously either attending or listening to shows that he wasn't at. So it was interesting because I feel like I was picking up on things that, you know, I noticed that Chris was missing more so than maybe I would have. I mean, a lot of things I've picked up, I'm sure I would have picked up regardless. But the fact that there were days where some points I was listening to, you know, a show from earlier in the summer that Chris was still at. And then later on in the day, maybe if I was running errands or whatever, I would put on the show from the night before. And it was, you know, when Mike Greenfield was there. And so it was interesting to simultaneously be working on these two things. And some shows had the same song, you know. And so it was really interesting to have that going at the same time. And it's going to be interesting to dissect those shows with the guest drummers here in the coming weeks, really having a very refreshed memory of what, you know, just Chris just sounded like doing this. So I'm really excited to get into that more and more here um, on the show and, of course, talk to more of the drummers as well. Rounding out the second set here at 4848 Festival with a very nice Ringo and ending the evening with the appropriate party and peeps. So that's everything I have for this week of the show. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for where you can check out the set list for the show's that we discussed here, as well as where you can give them a listen and anything else that I may have referenced throughout the episode. Take a scroll through the show notes. There is so much stuff. And sometimes there's stuff in there that I didn't even mention. And as I'm editing this and getting it ready for you guys, I'm like, oh yeah, I was going to throw that in there. And so sometimes there's just random shit in the show notes that as I'm editing and getting this ready to release, I want to put some more information in there for you guys. So scroll through there because there is so much stuff in those show notes. So yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and just all of your support. It means so much to me. It really, really does. So thank you so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts next week. Mad love.